0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. If you've ever had the opportunity to be on a road trip or a vacation with uh, young children, you know that it doesn't take very long oftentimes before you get to the other side of the bridge before they're asking that perennial question. Are we there yet? And as annoying as that question is, it is, a, it is at least an, uh, an acknowledgement that, uh, that they are on a journey, that they are going someplace, and aren't we all on a journey, and aren't we all going someplace, and isn't it important for us to ask ourselves that question from time to time as well? Uh, for those of you who've uh, uh, been listening to me long enough, you know that uh, there was a time when I was all about the destination. We just needed to focus on the de- destination, and we needed to get there. And, you know, my philosophy was lead, follow, or get out of the way. There's a destination. We've got a place to go. Let's go. Let's get there. Don't be shaking your head at me like that, young lady. <sighs> it, 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 it was a part of my own growth and maturation to realize that the journey was as important as the destination. And so when I started saying that, I, I started saying that swallowing hard and, uh, and I set it up here before I really believed it down here. Uh, and then a while longer, a little later, then the Lord really revealed to me that the journey was the destination. And hopefully we're all on that just destination, but that's a, the question that we still need to ask ourselves. Are we there yet? Do we recognize that we really are on this destination? And what does that look like? What does it look like for us to be on that road to Christian growth and maturity so that we can be the people that God has created us to be and not get all wrapped around the axle over what's going on around us and ignoring what's happening inside of us? And there's got to come a point in our faith journey where we really need to ask ourselves that question. Are we there yet? And I, I don't mean at a specific destination, but are we there? Are we on the journey? Do we recognize that God is who God claims to be and is at work within our lives according to his plan and not necessarily ours? And that's really what the sixth chapter of John is all about. And I've been asking you to read this sixth chapter throughout the month of June and I'm going to continue to uh, ask you to read it because next week is the thrilling conclusion to this sixth chapter. But if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them now to the sixth chapter of the gospel according to John. Of course, you'll remember that it began with the feeding of the 5,000 and it was about the time of the Passover and the Passover is, uh, is, a, is a time that they began a journey. And it was a journey to the promised land. And uh, all they did was grumble and complain throughout that journey. Were there, no, uh, were there no graves in Egypt? Oh, that we were back in Egypt where we sat around and had all we wanted to eat and life was happy in our bondage and they complained and God listened frustrated as he was he fed them he clothed them he gave them water to drink in the wilderness as they were on this journey and he was with them fast forward into the first century as Jesus comes along remember that there had been 400 years of silence 400 years people Here as as a, as a nation, we only have, what, 235, 236 years? And we've forgotten where we've come from. 400 years after the last prophet spoke, they were still steeped in the narrative of their scriptures and the promises of God and the hope that a Messiah would come. And that belief included that the the, the treasure of heaven would open up once again and and manna from heaven would come down and feed them. Oh, how excited they must have been when Jesus fed 5,000 men, plus the women and children, with only five small loaves and two fish. So excited. And, and you can, you can see the, uh, the disciples going around saying, okay, this is it. Jesus is going to be our king. He's going to lead us to victory. Finally, we will throw off the yoke of Roman oppression. Finally, we have somebody who speaks with authority and not like those teachers that just repeat what others have said. You can almost hear the disciples encouraging people as they're handing out the, the, the loaves and the fishes. To be prepared for when Jesus says, mount up. Don't have to worry about supply chains. Jesus can feed us with a handful of fish and a few loaves of bread. Don't have to worry about the sick and the lame. Jesus will heal everybody. He'll raise the dead. They force him. They want to force him to be their king. Jesus realizes this. He sends his disciples off first. You guys go, 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 go. And once the instigators are gone, then he dismisses the crowds. And he goes up to a lonely place to pray. And he walks on water to the disciples and they're stunned. They're afraid. Who is this guy? How did you get here? And then they're on the other side and Jesus is with his disciples. But the people that were where Jesus fed the 5,000, they're looking for him. They don't find him. So they go find his followers, because if they find their followers, they're hopeful that they'll find Jesus, and they do. And they're stunned and they're surprised. How, when did you get here? How did this happen? We know you didn't get on the boats with your disciples. The bit of mystery, whether you're on the inside or the outside, whether you're a disciple or whether you're a non-believer, there's always going to be a little bit of mystery when it comes to Jesus. We're never going to have all the answers that we want. Jesus says to those who are seeking him, you're seeking me not because you saw a miracle, but because you ate. Work for food that does not perish, a spiritual food. And we talked about how important it is for us to move beyond that spiritual milk that can be described as devotional reading of Scripture, which is wonderful. But you've got to go beyond that if you want to get to the meat. Low-hanging fruit is... Good for a while, but it's not enough to help maintain a healthy diet. You got to get in, you got to read it, you got to study it, you have to memorize it, you have to apply it, and you have to pray and say, Lord, help me to apply this in my life. And the good news is that we don't do it alone because we have the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And they asked Jesus to feed them like Moses fed their forefathers in the wilderness. And he said, "It wasn't Moses, it was God. God gave them the bread from heaven. And they said, "Fine, give us that bread then." And that's where we pick up the narrative today in verse 34, chapter six. Sir, they said, "From now on, give us this bread." And then Jesus declared, "I am the bread." I am the bread of life. And the one who comes to me will never go hungry. And the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, and you, st- you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will Of him who sent me, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given to me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him or her. And I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, the one who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which one may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats of this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then the the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But the one who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Those are some pretty heavy duty verses. And how do we sort through all that? And what's really at issue? What is Jesus trying to communicate to those who are there looking for their next meal? I think the subtext question is Are you there yet? We're on a journey. Just like the Israelites were on a journey to the promised land. And just as they grumbled, so we grumble as well. But are we really on the journey? That's the question that he's asking them. They were so focused on their external circumstances. And Jesus said, it's not about the external circumstances. Yes, we need to pay attention. Yes, we need to eat. Food is important. But as he said, when he was tempted in the wilderness, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. There is a sustenance that goes beyond the physical sustenance. There is a need beyond the physical need, and that need is spiritual. And there is a hunger within us to to know and to understand who we are, why we are here. How shall we live? Questions that impact our internal state of being. Jesus is pushing them beyond the physical needs. When they say to him, Sir, give us this bread, he responds by saying, I'm sorry. I am not the giver of bread. To their request, he says, I am the bread. Eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, which they would, have, they would have recoiled at that because they know their scriptures, at least intellectually, and they know that the life is in the blood and that they were forbidden from drinking the blood. And now you're coming and you're telling us, but what are you telling us? This is ridiculous. This is going beyond crayon Christianity, people. And the question remains, are we there yet? Where is there? And there is recognizing that Jesus is who he claims to be. And that is a critical part, a critical decision that each one of us need to make as we answer the question, are we there yet? And where is there? There is a journey. And it is a journey of faith. It is a journey of transformation. But you can be on that journey and not yet know that Jesus is who he claims to be. That he is fully God. That he is fully human. And that he has come to show us and to teach us how to live in a right relationship with God and with one another, to live within this biblical ethic and to punctuate it with grace. Grace made possible by a sacrifice that he will make of his blood and his body. The job of a prophet is to call people back into that relationship, that covenant relationship with God. And that's what Jesus is doing. The job of the priest is to offer the sacrifice, and Jesus will do that as well. And then as prophet and priest, he can be our king. But not before. To teach us how to live. But then, also, ultimately, to fulfill his destiny on the cross, to provide that reconciliation with God, that we can know the love of God, that we can know that we are forgiven, that we can know peace with God. Because until we have peace with God, we will never have peace within our own souls. And if we do not have peace within our own souls, we will never have peace with our relationships. Be there our family, our co workers, our neighbors, it just won't happen. Because there's so much turmoil going on inside of us that can only be answered through the cross. Jesus wants them to think beyond their earthly stomachs. And there's a sense in which he's pushing them. Do you believe that I am who I claim to be? You have seen me. You searched me out, not because you saw the miracles or heard my teaching, but because your bellies were filled. And I'm not saying that that's not important, but there's got to be more than that. But until you can come to the point where you can say with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength that I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate of the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection, the way, the truth, and the life. The vine. Until you can assent to that heart and soul, you're going to struggle. And what you are really struggling with is your own self-sovereignty. Your own desire to be in control. Well, this is hard stuff. I don't understand what he's saying here. Join the club. You know, we can look at this from a post-resurrection point of view and recognize the sacrament that we celebrated last week. As Jesus gives His body, His blood, a new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. But that doesn't answer all of our questions. And there are so many people who say, I have to have all of my questions answered before I can really trust God. And it's, it's, it's a little hysterical. Uh, it, it Jody, uh, my wife Jody, she uses the analogy of a boat tied up against the dock. And so we're tied up against the dock and we're saying, we're saying Lord, show me, lead me, guide me, direct me. And just, I'm just not hearing anything. But you're not hearing anything because you're not really trusting. You're not willing to let go. You have to untie that boat from the dock and push away from the dock and be out there in the the middle of the water and hoist that sail and, and then wait for the wind to blow. God cannot move you as long as you are tied to the dock. But I can't leave the dock until I have my questions answered. No, you can't leave the dock because you want to be in control. Because when you come to the Lord with questions... And you can. I'm all, I'm all in for the questions. But when you come to the Lord with your questions and you say, when you answer my question, Lord, then I'll be in. I, I don't think you're there yet. I, I don't think you're really at the place where you can let go and trust God and His sovereignty in your life. Where you can look at your external circumstance and and... And not be angry, but grieve. Because the world is not as God created it to be. And to lean in and trust and recognize that no matter what happens externally, God is able to redeem it for His glory and for the furthering of His kingdom. Are we there yet? Can we say with full conviction that we trust Jesus, that he has come down from heaven to show us the love of the Father? it's It's a huge question, but one that each and every person needs to answer in their own time. And I recognize that it takes time. Today, June 19th, Juneteenth, It was on January 1st of 1963 that Abraham Lincoln declared the Emancipation Proclamation. But it took two and a half years for that word to get to Galveston, Texas. Two and a half years. Before that proclamation, that general order was read. It is a journey. Are we there yet? At some point on that journey, the decision has to be made. Yes, I believe in who Jesus says he is. one of the, uh, one of the comment commentaries on the ancient text talking about the opening of, of, of the heavens and the heavenly manna come down, was a reference to the wisdom of God coming down, the wisdom from above and, and we, A few months ago, we were were in the book of James and we talked about the two kinds of wisdom. Wisdom uh, that comes from above and the wisdom that comes from below. The wisdom that comes from below is no wisdom at all. The wisdom that comes from above is what feeds our souls. And Jesus says, that's me. So come, walk with me. Learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. As soon as you get past your own pride, your own arrogance, and you're willing to walk humbly with me, and then I can teach you how to be a just person who loves mercy and in humility, with justice in our heart and mercy for all, We can change the world. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. Are we there yet? You know, the journey is the destination, and we're all on that journey. Uh, But there is a milestone on that journey that recognizes that Jesus truly is who he says he is. And we can believe that with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then when we do that, we can move beyond uh, what I have come to see are the two sacraments of the 20th century church in North America, convenience and comfort. God's never going to ask me to do anything that's going to make me uncomfortable or be inconvenient. And that's just not true. It's just not true. Are we there yet? Some days I say with. Every fiber of my being, yes, let's go, Lord, what's next? In other days I fall flat on my face and I'm not sure. But I know who to turn to. It is a journey. But when we get to that point where we flip that switch and release self-sovereignty and the illusion of control, and lean into the sovereignty of God. Amazing things can and will happen. And through God's people, that's when we change the world.